Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve Schellenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Steve is the number one national best-selling author. He's successfully started 11 businesses in three separate industries. He is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and corporate trainer for organizations around the world, an executive coach, the father of six, and the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Here is Mr. Steve Schallenberger. Welcome to our Becoming Your Best family and friends to this week's podcast. I have an incredible guest with us today and one who will share some tips that I know can help transform our lives and also our business. Now, our wonderful guest today is my friend Gary Barnes, and he is a breakthrough business mastery coach. Uh, he, he is a high-performance business and sales coach, popular international speaker, and award-winning number one international Amazon best-selling author. He's actually authored six books, and Gary's clients span over seven countries, and he's been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, PBS, and, and TEDx. Now, Gary is the founder of Gary Barnes International, and he's created three successful businesses from the ground up. Now, to do this, he's developed principles and tools that helped him increase his production by 1,800% over a four-year period. Gary's been married for over 40 years with adult sons, and, and he's completed a world-class, get this, folks, 40-foot firewalk flowing a World War II P-51 fighter flowing on a trapeze driven in a destruction derby uh, his car was the purple passion <laughs> and he completed a 75 foot bungee jump and climbed 14,000 foot mountains he's a drummer and a police academy graduate and gary also understands dealing with adversity he has fought a life-threatening illness and he's here today to even talk about that. Uh, and he believes that your worst day is the day that you meet the man or woman you could have been. So it's a choice. So Gary, we are so excited to have you with us. Welcome to this show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's just a, a great day and love to share. And You do such a great work. Well, thank you, Gary. Well, okay, to get started today, tell us about your background. So, so that people can get to know you better. Like, what, what's your story, Gary? Well, you know, it, it's, everybody says their story is a little unique. And, uh, you know, growing up, I was told no a lot. I came from a very dysfunctional family. Uh, there was abuse. There was you know, just situations that I, I don't go into specifics about it, but people that have known my, my early childhood have been very, surprised that not only I'm the oldest of three children and not only that I came out of it and changed the patterns, but my brother and sister did also. And, you know, it was just one of those things that as I was told, no, I think I became a salesman early on because I had to fight for everything that I ever, you know, wanted or strived to be. But even to the point where uh, I was told that to be rich, uh, you had to be dishonest. It was for the other people on the other side of the track. 
Uh, my dad owned service station, so I grew up in a service station environment. Uh, you know, it was uh, one of those situations also that in, I grew up in Palm Springs, but there's two types of people that lived there, the served and the servers, and I was on the server side, and I was a bell captain at a hotel, a very popular one, worked in restaurants, my dad's service station. But there was something about wanting to break the pattern. And so I went into psychology and theology in school uh, where my parents actually told me I couldn't go into theology because you had to have a calling from God. And obviously I didn't. I didn't know how they knew that. Uh, But (laughs) through that experience, I really found out that I was a square peg in a round hole because I asked way too many questions. And so I went into real estate, spent nine years there, and then built one of the very first financial planning firms in the country for the next 33 years and built it to the top 3% in production. And out of that, I sold it about nine years ago. My clients just kept asking me, what did I do to do all the things that I did with my businesses? And that's how I ended up in the, the coaching. I've been speaking my entire life. So that's really that, that snapshot. I, I, I hope I didn't go too quick and everybody's going, what in the world does this guy do? <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's great. Well, it sounds like, of course, that you've had these firsthand experiences and you've had the chance to overcome adversity and have to gain knowledge and figure out how to apply that knowledge. And so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward for us and our listeners to learn more about that and how it's, uh, you've applied that to just really be an extraordinary success and get into a place where you could help others. Uh, now, as you think back, in your life, you've talked a little about this already, but uh, what really caused a desire with you, within you, to want to change? In other words, uh, to gain this new vision, or that set you on the pathway that brought you to where you are today. You know, that's a great question because as I think about it, my early years, I had what would externally be called success. I had built a very good lifestyle for my family that I was not able to participate in because I was too busy creating it. And so as I look back, I was running away from my heritage. I was so busy proving that they were wrong, I forgot to be a part of the process with my own family. And the turning point for that really was the, in 1988, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And my early background in my chaplaincy training, uh, there, there was a process that we had to deal with our own mortality. We had to write our own epitaphs, go to our own funerals before they would allow us to be on the oncology unit, the cancer ward the emergency room, because if we were dealing with with our own mortality, we wouldn't be able to really serve others that were going through trauma themselves. And so when I ended up in 1988 with the diagnosis of uh, MS, which is really an important point, I have never owned it. I've never said I had. I've always said I was diagnosed with, which meant it was someone else's opinion even though I went totally numb from the neck down, I lost the ability to write. I lost the ability to walk if I couldn't see the, my feet where they were going. And so then the turning point then was, golly, it, it shook me up. And I had this feeling I didn't have time 
to deal with it, but it was right in my face. And the obstacles that came out of it and the, the strategies that I used really were kind of unique in ADA because I created a visualization. And this is right in the middle of my financial planning career, and I didn't really want to tell anybody about it because people don't like giving people money where the uh, medical professionals were saying that I'd be dead or in a wheelchair within 10 years. And so I really had to come up with this visualization, which turned into the, the book that really spurred my speaking career, which was How a Beaver Saved My Life. <laughs> how a beaver saved your life? Well, how did a beaver uh, ever save we, your life? <laughs> you know, back in the day, I knew a little bit. In 88, there was not a lot known about visualization or dream boards or anything like that. But I knew about Norman Cousins, where he had changed his situation with laugh therapy. I knew about the old, old video game where people would take the image of a Pac-Man and eat up the bad cancer cells, and it really didn't, I didn't see how it really applied to my situation. And I was laying in bed, you know, a couple of nights later, and I was thinking about what could I visualize, and all of a sudden this image of a beaver shows up, and I went, oh, golly, I'm good, I wrote it. And he comes up, and he turns around and takes his tail and starts patching up the myelin sheath, which is the covering that covers all of the nerves in our body. And I went, well, this might work. And so I let him, get, I just saw this happening. The next night, it was the same thing the next night. And over a period of the next couple of months, I created a army of beavers, three shifts, where I had workmen and payroll offices and all kinds of people or beavers that were just dedicated to one thing, like patching up the myelin sheet. And then I didn't feel good about that because they were just, serving me, so I wanted to serve him as well. I'm really this kind of weird guy. I figured one bee was good, more or better. And I started creating schools and churches and, pay, and you know shopping centers and housing to serve them. And I would spend two to two and a half hours a night in this visualization. And about five years later, I had a friend that said, Gary, you don't act normal. And a lot of people have told me that over the years. And would you please go have a second MRI? And that second... <laughs> And, and the second test showed that 95% of the lesions, the scar tissue, on my brain was no longer there. Wow. And I, I, I still, I have very little feelings in my hands, very little feelings in my feet. Uh, I, when I travel, I make friends with the hotel staff to button my shirts. So it, it, the, the book is really so not so much about MS. It's about adversity, which we all have. I'm the subject. But I'm not the, the the point. We all have these roadblocks, these pitfalls, these road bumps in our, in our way. So it's what we do with that that makes the difference. And I've used that not only in my personal life and relationships, but, you know, in business and working with clients around the world. Oh, that's great. And and we find that wherever we work with people around the world as well, Gary, that as they work on affirmations, as they program their mind in a positive, powerful way, that it it works seemingly miracles. It creates magic within their lives and, and moves mountains. And so uh, this indeed is a powerful principle that you used in your life. And what an example that is. And I love the image of the beaver. Good job. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It adopted me. I did it. I adopted it. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. Now, Gary, you, you developed Gary Barnes International, and you do such a great job in providing business and sales coaching. 
So where do you see businesses or individuals struggling or, or stumbling? And what can they do to overcome challenges like those? Uh, you know, Steve, it's really, I, I have become known as the traction coach because what I've been seeing is that businesses are stuck. You have sales professionals, you have business owners, you have entrepreneurs that have all the right things going on in their business, but it doesn't seem to be giving them the return on the investment of their time, energy, and money. And they're getting worn out. And so it's going back and really looking at what is it that they want to accomplish. When I ask people, you know, when I start working with them, what is your vision? What is it that you want to accomplish? Most of the time they can't tell me. And so it goes back to almost Alice in Wonderland where she was asking the Cheshire Cat how to get to where she wanted to go. And he goes, where do you want to go? She goes, I don't know. He says, well, any road will take you there. And so we have people throwing, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of time, and they're, they're worn out, and they they need to pull back. They need to look and really look at what it is that they want to accomplish and work backwards. I mean, you, in your background, you know that starting with the end in mind is really the key. It's what is it that you want to accomplish and then build the roadmap back from that point. And that's really what I did in the visualization because one of the things that I did was go in and create that vivid vision of my 100th birthday party where I could see it, taste it, and feel it, and then I created what I now call your personal deja vu. But, you know, it really is about launch and adjust. It's about taking the risk. I really love airplanes. I know your son is a former uh, Air Force pilot, fighter pilot, and, you know, an airplane is only on course once in its life, and that's when it's on the ground. It's only fully fulfilling its destiny and where it's going in the air, but it's facing all the adversity in the air. It has the crosswinds, the tailwinds, and all the things that can move it off course is actually in the air, but it's only there that it can fulfill the purpose that it was created for. And so, really, I think it's getting the uh, clear vision of what they're wanting to accomplish. What is their mission? What is it that they want to provide for that end user, and also trust their intuition. You know, if there's anything out there that destroys businesses quick, quicker than anything else, is looking for 100% of external validation. Because I found that when I'm wanting external validation, I'm always going to be wanting, and it's always confusing, because I could ask 10 people what to do, what their thoughts are, like you get 10 different opinions. But we have this internal intuition that I believe is God-given. And it's that, that voice, that still small voice that will just listen to it, that 99.7 of the time I found it to be very accurate. And stop giving our empowerment to others. And then stepping into the light, being seen. I have found so many people that, uh, especially those that are, say, 40 and above, that there's been a very big uh, premise taught in our schools and in general society that it's wrong to be seen. You don't want to, you know, it's egotistical to step into your life. And I really coined that as a phrase or as a model for this year. And we've made it permanent now that this is the premise of stepping into your life. Because when we step into our light and we're seen by our perfect client and our perfect client sees us as a possible solution for them, 
then we have that natural connection. We don't have to chase people. People are drawn to it. We become that people magnet. But if we don't step into our light, the only thing that will happen is that light will go away. We cannot take anybody else's light. Well, that's wonderful. I love that. And, and it's, it's finding this feeling within of what is unique and powerful and your capacity to contribute and then having confidence in that that helps you step into your light and feel good about that. Now, I, I'm sure that people ask you, okay, well, Gary, how do I get going on uh, developing my, my affirmations, this, this programming of my mind, or how do I establish my vision? Uh, what would? How do you recommend they get going? You, you know, it's not as hard as people think it is. It just takes a little bit of time. Uh, one of the things that I found very helpful is to sit down with a piece of paper, and and I don't do it on the computer. I actually do old school piece of paper, and really ask myself five questions. And that is, where do I want to be? Where do I want to go? What do I want to have? What do I want to give? And have the have give? And what do I want to do? If those, as you ask those five questions, it really connects to all five areas of life: the personal, mental, physical, spiritual, uh, family relationships, and business. And so, what we're doing is really pulling out of ourselves. After it's all said and done, is it what we want to create? It's not just about the money. As a financial planner, what I became very jaded because I was dealing with very large numbers. And what I found was if the number was too big, subtracted zero, or if it was too small, added zero, in the end, it's all zeros. It's all made up. <laughs> it really comes down to the value that we are giving and the value that we are receiving and what's important to us. But if you will sit down and give yourself about 10, 12 minutes at a time to do this, you're going to come up with a number of things that you might not even have thought about for years or maybe brand new thoughts. And question reality. <laughs> I, and people get confused when I say that. But, you know, reality is whatever our perception is. And I have a little Garyism that says facts are stories until they become beliefs. The fact of the matter for the neurologist, when he told me I would be dead or in a wheelchair in 10 years, for him that was a fact. If I had taken his belief and made it a fact for myself, I probably would not be here today. And so is the economy good? Is the economy bad? Is it something that we should be expanding our marketing, our advertising, our, our reach? Should we be putting out a new different product? Whatever that is, is that we're going to get stimulus on both sides. And so questioning that reality is going to serve everyone really well. But then when you get your picture of what it is that you want to accomplish, you really go in and create that vivid vision. And by that, I mean, it's not just about the numbers. It's not just about what you can get. It's about what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? And bringing that back to where you can actually already see it happening. And it, it creates, like I said, that, that you know, that personal deja vu. And then get going. You know, I... I have seen so many people that are so afraid of launching and adjusting because they might do it wrong. And the reality is we don't know what's going to work until we apply it. And it's in that application that we're going to have that indication, well, we're going to tweak this, we're going to tweak that, but in the movement, we're going to find success. 
if we stay where we are, if we're just going to hunt down and, you know, protect ourselves, our dollar, we're not going to be in business 12 to 36 months from now. Yeah, that's great. That's a great uh, observation. It's so true. Uh, of all of the things that I've seen around the, the world of what outstanding leaders do, highly successful leaders do, this clearly is one of the most important is that they point the way that they create this vision and we do it professionally, but especially it's valuable when we do it within our own lives, because then it gives us confidence and strength. So I love this advice that you're giving. Uh, this is so powerful. And, and, um, so let's now shift gears here a little bit. Let's talk about a different point of view. What are maybe some really great tips that you can give people in general that may be helpful for them? You know, it's determining two things. Uh, a number of years ago, I, I tell the story, in fact, I did this on a TEDx talk, that I found myself as a running back in a football game, but I usually played a defensive tackle. And, but because of the urgency of the play, I decided to ignore it, and as I looked up, I saw myself in my normal position. And now I'm in two places at one time, and you'd think that'd be a little weird, but I chose to ignore it as well. And then I looked out to my right, and I saw myself in the stands. And as I looked back, I'm now in three places, but I still, because of the urgency of the play, I chose to ignore that. And I use that analogy is that we have all these urgencies. We have a lot of things that are pulling and tugging on us in life. So what are the things that are really important to us, or which things are just items, the thing to get around and to delegate. And in this process, I still chose to ignore that stimulus, and I had a voice from above. <laughs> and, and, and the voice from me, Steve, is always that of James Earl Jones. Now, you can probably imagine <laughs> that this is now a dream. This was a dream about uh, oh, 12 years ago. I woke up in a cold sweat because James Earl Jones came to me and he said, are you a spectator or are you a participant? And I love questions. When I was 20 years old, I knew all the answers, as most 20-year-olds did. But as I've grown a little bit older, I now look for a question that leads me to an answer that leads me to a better question. And James Earl Jones asked that question to me a second time, and he said, are you a participant or are you a spectator? It's your choice. And what I really got out of that is that the gift was the power of choice. And am I a spectator or am I a participant? And the really great feeling around that question that I heard was that either one was okay, that I had to choose. And I really thought that I had chosen, and this was even after the diagnosis of MS. And so what happened was I started looking at my life, I determined that I was going to sell the practice. I was going to really dedicate my life to the arena of speaking and coaching. And, you know, to tell you the truth, I do have six books out there, uh, but I do not like to write. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Writing to me is painful. Yep. And, but you know, I classify myself as a speaker that has had to become a writer. But it, it's something to, to lead to you know, to be able to express myself in a way and to touch lives in a way that I was never able to fully as a financial planner. And I enjoyed that. 
but it was time to shift. And so, you know, as you, and you just mentioned it, Steve, you know, I, I phrase it as leaders lead. And that's the, the, the participant. I, as you know, we look at football players or anybody that plays in a sport is that you have a lot of people on the team, but until you step on the field, they're still a spectator. And the analogy, the image that I'd like everyone to think about is that to become a, a participant, to be part of the game, it only takes one step. One step, you're on the sideline. The next step, you're on the playing field. The moment you're on the playing field, you have a multiple uh, options as far as what you're going to do and how you're going to participate. But my encouragement is to make that choice, become a participant, and it doesn't mean that you have to be a speaker or a writer or whatever. A participant to me is even you know seeing somebody in need and going over and helping them supply a helping hand, something that maybe would be comfort or providing a resource for someone. It, it's not always being out in front, but it is a positive, conscious choice to actually step on the playing field. Oh, that's great. Oh, I love that analogy. And Socrates would be proud of you for uh, asking more questions with more questions. <laughs> <laughs> And I've got to tell you, there is nothing like the thrill of stepping on the field. Isn't that right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been a, a great interview today. I've just loved your your thoughts and your ideas and your focus on life and how to deal with adversity and how to plan for success. Now, before we wrap this up today, I'd like to just ask one more question and then be sure that our listeners today know how to uh, get more information from what you're doing. So any last thoughts for our listeners before we get to that last part? You know, it really, it's very simple. Engage. Uh, whatever it is that has been put on your heart, on your mind, to go out and contribute please just honor that and engage. Go out and do it. You're going to be fine. Launch and adjust. Okay, well, that's great. Now, all right, this has been wonderful to talk together. How can our listeners find out more about what you're doing or how to get information uh, on your coaching uh, or on your speaking opportunity or, or even on any of your books? Where do they go? What do they do? Well, the two are actually two things that I uh, actually had mentioned to you. I have a gift for everyone. Uh, they can go to GaryBarnesInternational.com. That's my website. Or I'd love to hear stories. If you'd like to reach out to me personally, it's just my, my direct email is Gary at GaryBarnesInternational.com. Now, one of the things that I have found is that I will always want to be able to touch lives when I do an interview, I speak, it doesn't matter. And I created an ebook called On Purpose Results Action Guide because I really believe what we have as our reality now that we call our reality is that it's been on purpose, either subconsciously or consciously. And so I created this ebook and I have it for free. And if anybody would like to download it, they can go to bud, B U D U R L dot com forward slash OPR guide. That's OPR guide. And you put your first name and email address. It's a direct download so that you're going to be able to have it immediately. 
and just wanted to do that as a free gift. And if anybody would like to, you know, connect with me uh, speaking or coaching or have any questions, you know, I see one of the things I found is many times I may not be the right fit for a person that is listening to me in an audience, but I really believe in my sphere of influence that if I don't know who to send you to, I can give references and connect individuals as well. So I'm happy to do that as, as well. Well, okay. Well, that sounds great. Uh, now, thank you for the offer of this free ebook. That's uh, that's exciting. Uh, and remember, you can get more information by going to GaryBarnesInternational.com. And uh, it's been a delight having you here. Gary is one of those people when you're with him, when you're in his presence, you just feel uh, not only uplifted, uh, you feel like you can do better, but also you have a desire to really want to pay attention and listen to what he has uh, has to say. So uh, thank you, Gary. It's been a treat to have you with us. Well, thank you, Steve, for the opportunity. And I feel the same way about you. And you're doing great things out there. Well, thank you. To all of our Becoming Your Best family and podcast listeners, remember that one person can make a difference and you can be the ripple effect. I love this quote by Margaret Mead. She said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed people can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has So thanks again for joining us. I'm Steve Schallenberger, wishing you a great day. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating and review is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.